Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on Off Tuckle Empire, it's time to talk about bulls. And by talk about bulls, I mean one of us gives some well-reasoned and informative matchup breakdowns and... The other one of us tells you why your stupid team is going to lose because he's mad that his shitty team isn't playing anymore. Today on Off Tackle Empire. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire! Speaking of looking ahead, then, we do, as we mentioned, we, we know what the Big Ten Bowl slate is, and this is not yet official because most of these things... Doesn't this happen every year, by the way? Doesn't Aren't these things leaked every single year? Yeah. But the schools and the broadcast networks pretend, oh, hey, we don't really know who's going to what bowl. Now, that's official, but it's always, like, 100% accurate. Because um, I guess there are a lot of people involved. And, like, what motivation does the Outback Bowl president and board have to keep their matchup secret they want hype building as soon as they possibly can so that their appropriate fan bases have time to make travel plans so anyway we get into our previews we could i guess so we touched on a couple of these topics in the coaching carousel as we went along so we'll just mention a couple other things that happened there notre dame as we we mentioned with brian kelly again but we did not mention that they actually made what, in my view, was a pretty smart gamble. They promote defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to head coach. He's, what, 38 years old or something like that? Um, Huge a rising star, absolutely. Ideally, he will merely be very good and, like, not up to their standards, so they fire him in three years, and Tucker can hire him to MSU staff. That would be absolutely perfect. So, sounds good. Let's get that going. Uh, Brent Venables Um, is the new Oklahoma Sooners head coach. The... Which is really funny to me because I just didn't realize that I, I believe that Bob Stoops was very involved in this. I didn't realize that their relationship was like still good after Bob Stoops fired him 10 years ago. And if, I talk about this every so often where uh, I, uh, you know, being a moonlighting Oklahoma fan, remember going on Oklahoma boards after they lost to Texas Tech in 2011 Venables last year and seeing posts like, oh, great, another Brent Vulnerable special. I have no idea how we're ever going to compete in this conference because everyone can throw the ball now. Get goddamn Brent Vulnerables out of here. And now he's the head coach 10 years later. But he did, of course, acquit himself very well as the Clemson defensive coordinator, especially against Oklahoma, where he just he had a couple of chances to absolutely beat the brakes off of their off of their potent offenses. And of course, what else we said was that, you know, because you have these high level, you know, these like Oklahoma, USC, LSU, Notre Dame, you know somebody's going to get past the bucket of sadness and butthurt and it's Clemson fans who now believe that, Oh no, Dabo's just going to hire one of his guys now. And you know, we're going to continue our downward death spiral from, you know, we haven't won a national title in what was it? Three years now. It's, it's, it's all downhill from here. We'll be lucky to get to Detroit after this. I wonder what Clemson fans would do if they came to a bowl game here in Detroit. I think they would get around. Um, anyway, 
And then kind of the last note on the coaching carousel is that basketball jumps into the fray as Mark Turgeon quits eight games into a season. Uh, I say quit. Mutual separation. It, it was mutual. Both parties agreed. Uh, eight games into a basketball season after getting an extension this offseason, uh, mostly because our Maryland writer DJ Carver cyberbullied him. Yep. And their interim head coach is Danny Manning, who, of course, uh, Wake Forest people will be familiar with as he uh, kind of spectacularly flopped there. Yeah, we do big numbers with Wake Forest in the what's how are they in Winston-Salem area. Yeah, big demographic for us. Um, how is it going for Maryland in the post-Turgeon world? Well, they lost to Northwestern today. Oof. So there you have Not it. great. Oh, sorry. Throwing stuff. Um, we, we mentioned, of course, the Mario Cristobal receiving an ultimatum by Miami to take their job by tomorrow, or else he has to keep a top 15 job with humming recruiting and limitless resources and no competition in his division. What a conundrum. Anyway, let's get to the Big Ten playoff matchups. And I do want to first mention, I do want to just one last thing mention what? that the whole USC Cal game was all about Lincoln Riley as the team that he would inherit trailed Cal by double digits for the first time since 2003. That was very funny. If you say so. No one else watched it, so we'll all have to take your word for it. So... You hear that, Sickos Committee? Yeah. Uh, I would I would say that we're just going to move right past the playoffs because those games are going to suck, but all right, fine. Michigan's involved, so we... I suppose we're obliged to mention it. They'll play in the Orange Bowl against Georgia. And they have a real chance in that game because Georgia is just super Iowa. Their defense is really good, but they also played a pretty weak schedule this year until last week. And we saw how that went. Uh, and also their quarterback play is a major, major drawback. Um, so yeah, Michigan's got as good of a chance to win this. Look, I would not have thought that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even if Michigan found their way to the playoff, they would have much of a chance of winning, but who gave them much of a chance against Ohio state? They've got the talent to win this game. I think Georgia's defense is the best unit in this game by a good margin. But I think the worst think unit in this game is the Georgia offense. offense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely goes Georgia defense, Michigan defense, I think, then Michigan offense kind of right around the same level, and then the notable step down in the Georgia offense. So totally possible that Michigan could win this game. There is a month to prepare. There's a lot of practices. The question is, who starts a quarterback for Georgia? Do you think that they – Having finally seen him look limited, do you think they may be considered going to somebody other than Stetson Bennett? And by that, I mean JT Daniels. I have no idea it, what parts of the SEC title game I did watch. They did not make it sound like that was an issue that was up in the air anymore. Like they made it sound like they're going with Bennett. They're you know, a couple of times, like once Alabama started to pull away, it was like, oh man, Georgia needs to throw the ball the broadcast found Daniels on a sideline. He didn't even have his helmet. So it's like there was, he understood there was no chance he was going in. Usually a backup of his caliber you'd think is like, all right, coach, you can give me a chance here. Like he didn't think it was even possible in the SEC title game. So, so I assume that he's transferring to Ohio state next year. Well, I don't know why he would do that considering Ohio state has CJ Stroud. Um, he could, let's see. Bryce Young is not draft eligible. He transferred to LSU. <laughs> he could indeed. I mean, for Georgia, I guess the only, again, the thing that differentiates them from Iowa is that one, their special teams are not as good. Two, of course, the talent level is kind of higher everywhere. But three, the specific place where the talent is much higher 
is in the receivers because although their quarterback play has been eh, they do have some very talented receivers, uh, notably George Pickens, a five-star, definite, definite future NFL guy, uh, recovers from a torn ACL and played his first game back in the SEC title game, but will have a month to prepare. So this is the kind of thing that uh, Michigan is going to have to prepare for. The question is if Georgia can run the ball better than Ohio State did, um, that's going to determine whether or not Georgia can uh, stay in the game or if it's going to be an extremely Big Ten game. I don't think it's going to look anything like the Big Ten title game, if that's what you're suggesting. I, no, I meant, I meant like a Big Ten game, like a 10 Oh, you mean like a game scoring in the teens or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, I don't really know what to make of this game yet. I'm going to have to go. I'll, I'll tell you this. That SEC title game was really the first extended period of time I've watched Georgia all year. I don't know. What Same. I know they've got a lot of defensive. I know they've got talent out the wazoo. I don't really know what their team does. So I guess at some point I should probably try to find out. Moving further down the pecking order, the pathetic consolation game Ohio State has to accept just the disgusting Rose Bowl against Utah. Um, Got to wonder how much longer Ryan Day is going to be allowed to get away without making some major changes on the staff. Just incredibly disappointing to lose. Well, I mean, dude took an incredibly huge talent advantage and lost two regular season games. That's true. Although I would, I would guess that the talent advantage over Oregon is probably not as big and really the same over Michigan. Like they're more talented than those teams for sure. But those are two teams that are not totally out of their weight class. Um, in any case, they get Utah in this game, and boy, is that a bad match. I mean, honestly, either of the Pac-12 teams would have been a tough matchup for Ohio State. They've already lost to Oregon, and Oregon would have had Kayvon Thibodeau in this game, well, assuming he actually would have chosen to play. And, of course, Utah's got a defense that can, you know, that that just beat the living shit out of Oregon's uh, Anthony Brown and could very well put the same kind of pressure on Stroud that Michigan was able to get, but uh, traditionally – Utah's kind of been in the last few years this uh, defense first run the ball you remember Zach Moss a few years ago was the the, mm-hmm. the ball carrier but they have a quarterback now in Cameron Rising who is in fact just that he's been really ever since winning the starting job he's really been coming into his own and uh, giving them a dimension on offense that they kind of haven't had the last few years yeah and you know as far as the matchup goes I saw some kind of <laughs> far-fetched speculation theories most of the Michigan State people looking for some way for us to still get the Rose Bowl saying that well maybe the schedule makers would like an Ohio State Notre Dame matchup and put those two in the peach or the fiesta and then we would get the Rose Bowl I I don't think that was ever realistic Um, and as far as interest goes we had first-handing reports from our Iowa correspondent Creighton that a decent number of Ohio State fans showed up to the conference championship game in Indianapolis, even though they were out of it. I assume that part of that was, well, we're just not going to sell our tickets to let Michigan fans into the building. You got to respect the field control, I suppose. Uh, on paper, I would think that probably haven't made, I mean, there's probably not many of them who have made their plans to go to the Rose Bowl because they were all assuming we're going back to Indy for the title game. Um and given that the alternative is still spending New Year's Eve in, you know, Cleveland or whatever, I'm sure Ohio State's still going to show up for this. And as far as kind of the disappointing finish to the season, they have a month now to figure out how to use their incredible talent to stop their opponent's base run play because they couldn't do that against Michigan. 
And if they can't figure it out in this band, I would have to think they're going to clean house on defense, at least as far as the coordinators go, maybe boot the linebackers coach too. I'm sure they'll keep Al Washington around because he's a killer recruiter. Um, you know, most likely the same with Larry Johnson senior as well, but he's getting older. So I can't help but wonder if they're going to be looking to make some changes on the defensive staff if they have trouble with Utah. Who knows, man? Maybe they just hire Kyle Whittingham as their defensive coordinator or something. And then fire him after a year and a half when they decide they don't like him. I'm bored. (laughs) I don't like his anymore. I want a new one. So Peach Bowl, Michigan State versus Pittsburgh. Going to be lit. Um, At least I hope it is. I've already bought my flight and my hotel room tickets uh the general allotment do not come open until sometime on tuesday but i'm absolutely doing that um me and my best man are going down for that and then turning right around and flying back on a red eye on new year's eve because i'm going to a wedding on new year's eve which is going to be a lot of fun i think but i'm going to be very tired so (laughs) we'll see how that goes um as far as the matchup here goes and then I think maybe this should go without saying, but in any of these matchups, short of the Orange Bowl, where I expect Michigan's going to have every single player there, we talk about these games with you know, Michigan State and Ohio State, teams that have NFL-caliber players but are not playing for a national title. The whole opt-out thing always becomes an issue. And with Michigan State, obviously, the biggest question mark is, will Kenneth Walker choose to play? Um, there hasn't really been much suggestion that he won't. But he's a running back. If there's any position that you don't blame the guy for skipping the bowl game, it's a running back. No, not at all. Would not blame him in the slightest. Uh, it's Hey, so you know who's a really good receiver is David Bell. You know who has better per-game stats than David Bell? And also better aggregate? Jordan Addison, who is (laughs) just about the leading receiver in the country. Yeah, and and that carries us into – so. You've got an extremely vulnerable pass defense. And I, it's funny, I have seen some, some Twitter white knighting from outside the Michigan State fan base of, look, they're not actually the worst fan passing defense by a lot of metrics, just the most total yards. Just like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, point kind of stands, honestly. Uh, you can't look at this passing defense and tell me you think it's good. But they've got another month to figure it out. They've got bowl practices to try because – I don't think it's a lack of talent. I really don't. Like it, Kimbrough and Ronald Williams that they brought in, like the safety center, like individually, the players look perfectly capable most of the time. And yet, <laughs> and yet, it still as a whole absolutely does not work. And how I'm are you feeling hoping. about being, how are you feeling about being made to play Nard Dog? Oh, I, you know, no feelings in particular, really. I'm, I'm happy for him that he, yeah. Was able to, win a conference title and get a new year's six game i still hope we beat him like i don't want to give a p i don't want to give him a new year's six full win at our expense um but i had no hard feelings for him when he left he'd absolutely earned a head coaching job and even stayed a year longer than most people thought he would ended up taking a power conference job for it and they've been all right like pitt's never been a world beater but they finally kind of had their breakthrough year helped to get a sixth year out of your quarterback i think um and like your whole offense yeah and uh, right so I guess, it, it, no, I, I have no uh, hard feelings at all. And of course, the funny thing is, even though he was Michigan State's defensive coordinator and a Broyles winner on that side of the ball, 
his defense has mostly been pretty bad this year. <laughs> like his offense has carried them. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, Pitt is the second best offense Michigan State will see, second to Ohio State. Who? Um, yeah, it, I think it's going to go better because I don't think their defense is going to so thoroughly overpower our offensive line. Uh, and the other thing is, and I'm not saying that it would have gone differently if we'd been healthier, but by the time we played Ohio State, MSU did have a lot of guys injured. They should be getting many of those dudes back. We won't know exactly who because Tucker is always extremely cagey about who's actually available. But I, I'm hoping that we're going to see something more like October Michigan State where they were still at full strength. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to this game in person. It's indoors. It's in Atlanta. So the weather will be a little better. Can't help but be. Um, and I, yeah, it, trying to kind of follow my philosophy of like if, if you are considering whether to do a thing that you think could be fun, you should probably do it that you wasted a lot of opportunities if you don't. And it's not like if I stay home and you know watch the game and have a little watch party or something, I sincerely doubt that that is going to be such a good time that at some point in the future, I look back and I think, man, I'm sure glad I didn't go to that game in person and chose to stay at home instead. Like, no, I mean, Michigan State could get blown out by 30 and it'll probably still be a pretty good experience to have gone um versus not go so that's what i'm doing and again like the last time that michigan state was this good it was either i couldn't afford to go in the case of the rose bowl or i just had other plans and kind of assumed that you know there will be more opportunities you know by the time of the playoff year and the 2015 conference title so i ain't making that mistake again uh, <laughs> yeah man i missed i missed both of my opportunities the last 10 years and uh i did you know i did see my team get blown out of the georgia dome in uh conference championship game i'm obviously not talking about my college team but it was still pretty fun to go to i mean i'm not talking about illinois because that was a game that mattered quite a lot but i am talking about ron zook because he had to be involved for you didn't he yeah he did he did indeed just just can't go to, to a game that matters without ron zook being involved yeah it basically i don't really know what to make of this from an x's and o's point because i don't know who's going to be healthy i don't know who's going to opt out and i don't like i'm still hoping there's an outside chance that having a chance to collect their thoughts, get back to the film room and the structure of the defense, that maybe the light comes on a little bit because other than Xavier Henderson, they could have a lot of these same defensive backs return next year. They've had a couple of backups transfer out, but mostly guys who had already kind of fallen out of the playing rotation. So at some point this either has to come on or Tucker's going to have to answer some questions about why he's paying so much to a defensive staff for this bad of a passing defense. Like that's going to be an issue eventually. Absolutely. So, of course, of course, we've out, you know, already outlined uh, how Michigan State could lose. It would look like the Purdue game. Of course, Ohio State would lo- losing would look like the Michigan game and Michigan losing would look a lot like uh, um, oh, it looked like a lot of fun to me. Um, Citrus Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky. And this one, Iowa losing would look a lot like uh, every other game they've played this year, except the other team doesn't sh- piss down their own leg on every offensive possession of the fourth quarter. Yeah, so this should be over pretty quickly. Kentucky is also a fairly run-heavy offense. Um, as you mentioned, kind of a game where both coaches are kind of acting like they want to beat traffic. Interesting angle, of course, in that Mark Stoops is an Iowa alumnus, so that'll be an interesting experience. Um, still kind of amusing again. Like Every time I circle back to Kentucky this year, I'm like, what do I know about Kentucky? Oh, yeah. Data files indicate their quarterback and one of their best playmakers are both Big Ten, you know, reboots. 
so to speak. Um, Will Levis, who transferred out of Penn State, they sure missed him last year or this year a little bit. And then Wandale Robinson from Nebraska transferring closer to home. So I think Kentucky's the better team on paper, but Iowa, if nothing else, is comfortable in their structure. But, you know, again, a longer tenured coach like Stoops. Um, The other thing is I believe both of these teams are riding three-game bowl win streaks. So one of them is going to be able to break through to four consecutive. Uh, an Iowa win would put them at 11 and three, which would be just really weird. Um, <laughs> of course, you know, as far as what I hope happens, I mean, you know what I hope happens. It's, you know, it's the uh, same thing that I hope happens in the NCAA tournament when my team isn't in. I hope everybody gets as embarrassed as possible. That's not my team. Uh, but, uh, but I especially hope that for Iowa, because again, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of Big Ten fans that are not Michigan fans and not Iowa fans that are mad at Iowa right now. And probably a fair amount of Iowa fans that are also mad at Iowa right now. For just such an, like, I know that our Minnesota contingent is furious with Iowa because now they realize, shit, we had this goddamn Division One, and those assholes won it with that shit-ass <laughs> offense? How did we let this happen? How did we let this happen? I mean, it was... Wisconsin's well, we'll got to feel the same way. So we'll many of us feel this way. To Minnesota, we'll get to Minnesota. Just you wait. Gonna have to wait a while longer, as it turns out, though, because look who jumped up into the Outback Bowl: Penn State at seven, seven and five. Penn five. State seven and five. Penn State gets the Outback Bowl bid, jumping three teams with better records than theirs. This will be a test of the you know they have the bigger fan base, so more people will show up and watch them. Sort of. Uh, hypothesis that caused Penn State to jump into this spot because boy I how many Penn State fans are are stumping down to Tampa on New Year's Day to watch a seven and five team play against an SEC also ran in Arkansas an entertaining SEC also ran but still not exactly a name brand opponent in Arkansas boy Arkansas likes to run up in big format to line up in big formations and run the ball they've got a guy in Sam Pittman that was a that was an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator under Brett Bielema. So excited to see this Penn State team, uh, you know, go ahead, that, go against that particular look. Yeah, and uh, as, again, as, as far as Arkansas goes, watch their Ole Miss game. That was very entertaining. But about all that I came away with there is, boy, their pass defense is kind of bad, but, you know, Ole Miss makes a lot of teams look like that. And then also – um, Traylon Burks and their quarterback KJ Jefferson are both pretty legit. So Penn State's going to have their hands full, even with kind of a mid-tier bowl matchup. Yeah, a- absolutely. And uh, you know, it's it's hard to know what to make of. I mean, Penn State obviously still has an awful lot of talent, but man, they they sure did they sure did find themselves in a lot of situations that they could not figure out how to get out of. Also going to be doing it with an interim defensive coordinator after Brent Pry left. And what I meant to follow up on, but I haven't yet, is I know there was talk that Pry was going to try to convince a number of assistant coaches to come with him. I'm not sure. You know, I think that's worth looking up right now. Let me take a look at that. Yes. Was Brent Pry fomenting revolt on behalf of House ACC in order to discredit a Big Ten school on its way to fight an SEC battle? Hmm. very game of thrones stuff right here yeah um okay so this is from earlier today Vatek coach brent pry isn't wasting any time what is this 
payroll paywall it's the roanoke times no i'm not buying a subscription get the fuck out of here fine i just won't read your paper then um when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on. There's other. I can, I'm going to find this for free. Um, Sean Quinn, who was the head coach at Savannah State, is now going to be an assistant there. Um, who else have we got? Now it's just about that guy. So that's not a Penn State hire, at least. That's one less thing. That's probably going to be a coordinator, a guy who was a head coach at the FCS level. Um, 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 um. Yeah, it doesn't look like they've announced any other hires other than this Sean Quinn guy who was not an assistant from Penn State. So maybe they'll have more of their staff intact than initially might have been the case. Nonetheless, the defensive coordinator who I think has gotten a lot of the credit for their more recent success on that side of the ball, and deservedly so, they're going to be without him. So we'll see how that goes. Um, (laughs) We got a little bit of a shot for redemption here. Uh, Purdue is going to return to the Music City Bowl against Tennessee. Uh, Steve, remind me, has anything bad ever happened to Purdue in Nashville against a highly talented but questionably motivated SEC team? I'm racking my brain. I can distinctly recall roughly 63 things happening that were all fairly bad. Okay. And that like all in the first half too, if I remember right. I don't think this Tennessee team threatens the same thing because no. they are just not as talented on the defensive line. That was really they're, right. They're not as good as that Auburn team was talent wise. And I think this Purdue team is also better than they were a couple of years ago. So I don't think there's any real chance of that happening, but I, I understand the consternation Purdue fans feel in returning to the scene of that violence so soon, because I was always under the impression that part of the criteria and bowl selection and maybe this only applies to the Rose Bowl, but I thought we used it up and down the list, which is how long has it been since you were there? And that's got to be like Purdue didn't go to a bowl last year. So that has to be the last bowl they went to. You would think they would at least get sent to the Las Vegas or something instead. But no, they go back to Nashville, which you know, if you live in Indiana, like Nashville is like a four hour drive. <laughs> and Tennessee does have some firepower on offense to boast with uh, with quarterback Hendon Hooker who should be healthy from injury involving some stitches on his hand when he left the Vanderbilt game. Uh, And of course, you know, Tennessee fans um, are presumably going to be there and we wonder who's going to throw the most things. Will it be Purdue's quarterback, Tennessee's quarterback or Tennessee's fans? You just, you just got to go to one slightly marginal call out of the refs and then watch, watch, you watch the other team get assessed various bench penalties for not controlling their own fans uh just the classiest bunch of people you know what i i was ambivalent about this game i forgot about that misconduct yeah purdue go and go and uh do a number on them down in the music city if you will <laughs> you see what i did there yeah and of course you know i of course in my situation hope that uh, tennessee blasts purdue so hard 
that they lose to us next year, which is, of course, what happened to them the last time they were in this bowl. <laughs> they, they blast them so hard that when they play us, the heavens open up and it just pours. <laughs> um, Tennessee fans probably fairly satisfied. Of course, Josh Heupel was rumored for the Oklahoma job, but now that Venables has filled that slot, probably not any jobs out there high profile enough to put Tennessee into the coaching search for like the eighth time in the last, which is a shame because it is so fun. Yeah, it is from the outside. I do not want to actually interact with any of the people involved, but to kind of like, it's it's like observing uh, like a hot air balloon on fire descending to earth where it's like, okay, there's no people in the basket somehow. It's just kind of like slowly like, this is fine. Like nothing bad's going to happen. We're out in the field. So yeah, I'll stand here and watch this, this harmless disaster. Uh, speaking of harmless disasters, we're going to send Wisconsin Badger fans to Las Vegas and see how that goes. They're going to go out there to play Arizona State. Um, Whose fans will also be in Las Vegas. Yeah. How about, boy, talk about a clash of worlds. Um, they, they will certainly drink the town dry. And normally we talk about, oh, man, you know, it, Iowa fans drank all the booze in, in Tampa or whatever. Isn't that crazy? No, they're they're gonna drink. They're gonna drink. Oh, what is the? It's Clark County, right? They're gonna drink Clark County dry of the entire damn thing between Wisconsin and Arizona State. Um, I would not have thought this, but I was looking at Paul Chris is actually on a four and one streak in his last five bowl games. I just wonder, like last year, Wisconsin achieved their brand, their the peak of their brand synergy, winning the first ever Mayo Bowl. There's no mayo on the line this year. And so you, you have to wonder how much passion the Badgers can really muster for this game, knowing well, like, that knowing that if, if push comes to shove, they don't even get anything out of this that they can turn into ranch. Well, look, from, from Paul Chris' perspective, okay, what you've got to be able – the thing you've got to be able to communicate to your team is that the thing is about the game of football is that you play the game. And at the end of the day – one team scores more points than the other one, and that team is declared the winner. So when yeah. we're executing what we're trying to execute, uh, ultimately our goal is to win the football game, and that's what you really like about this team is that, is that they try to win the football game. It's just a great group of guys here. Right, and when it, when it comes to talking about the roster, of course, the, the best thing you like about your team is that they're players and they're all, uh, you know, going to put on the pads and when they're between the lines and the whistle is snapped that makes them all into players is what they become and so the thing that makes the things that the thing that makes this bowl game really special is that it's a bowl game and uh those are exhibition games that are concluded you know that that take place at the end of the season oh hold on news might be breaking here i'm i got pinged in the slack a rumor that Michael Penix Jr. might be in the transfer portal. Oh, my God. 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 We will work to confirm this live on this recording that we'll publish in like two days. I cannot even imagine what a quarterback competition between Michael Penix and uh, Texas Juco transfer General Booty would look like. Yeah, he's in the transfer portal. ended less than an hour ago in a tweet that was posted two hours ago. There we go. I wanted... One quarterback from maybe a, a, a group of five or power five, and then one quarterback from like FCS or like, you know, one, one dude coming up, right? So if we get the Penix booty quarterback battle at Illinois, then I will just be thrilled. I don't care who the winner is. All of us win. 
interesting decision, but to be honest, can you blame him for not wanting to ever take another snap behind that offensive line? Like I save your health, if nothing else, even if you don't necessarily go anywhere competitive. I mean, yeah, he's not going to big 10. Probably not. I, no, I wouldn't think so. Um, yeah, that's man, boy. Talk about a guy. I mean, like, I don't think I was necessarily off base a couple of years ago when I said there's really, there's probably no individual, if you were to do a draft in the Big Ten, when he was a redshirt freshman, he was the guy I would have taken because I did not think he was a serious NFL flight risk. He had shown incredible accuracy and poise for a player of that classification. Um, and the world very much seemed to be his oyster. And they just haven't been able to keep him healthy. And I get like, again, some of those things have happened on, you know, at the end of plays. Like, I think one year he tore his ACL, like running through the back of the end zone, like tripped over some stuff or something like, so it's not that it's all been a result of bad protection, but a lot of it has and cannot blame him for that. So, wow. Yeah. First ever breaking news we've had on this podcast, I think. So what else have we got here? Um, Guaranteed rate bull. Now we get to Minnesota versus West Virginia. <laughs> are you are you mad? Are you mad, Minnesota fans, that you got dropped a few slots in the bowl that you're basically about as low as you can get without being at bowl eligibility? Here's here's the thing about that. Don't lose to Bowling Green. Because if you're a committee, to... if you're a committee, what you're first off looking at is, well, Penn State games are much higher rated on TV because brand equity. But what you're second, if you were looking at performance, which you're not, what you're going to say is these teams both lost at home to Illinois, but Penn State beat Auburn in non-conference and Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. Yeah. And so don't embarrass all of us by losing to a bad Mac team at home, because this is where the conference doesn't forget. As far as the matchup on the field goes, Minnesota either establishes the run against a pretty good West Virginia defense, in which case they win, I, I would think, handily or they're not able to get traction against again, a pretty good West Virginia defense. West Virginia has talent themselves. I think Luddy Brown is probably as good as any of the Minnesota tailbacks you're going to see out there. They got a little more of an ability to pass the ball, but they're yes, certainly no sure. world beaters. They, they got a more balanced offense than Minnesota for sure, but very few teams don't. Yeah, I was going to say, list the teams that you would see in bowl matchups who are not going to be better than Minnesota throwing the ball. It's a short list. So, you fell down on the bowl ranking slot. Yeah, don't have embarrassing losses on your resume. And uh, watch more TV if you if you want to pump up your team's perceived rating draw ability. That's what decides these games. I've, my team has certainly been on the losing end of those in the past. We missed out on a Rose Bowl and had to play Alabama in the cap one. That was not fun. It, it's because Ohio State's viewed as a bigger bowl draw than us. They are. That's what, that's what makes the world go round, man. A few years um, ago, we missed out on Detroit and got stuck in uh... – Houston at noon, the, no, Dallas at noon, um, day after Christmas. So I know what it's like against Louisiana Tech, who had one of our old players. That stuff happens. Uh, concluding our run through the Big Ten's bowl slate, then we have Maryland in the pinstripe bowl against Virginia Tech. Um, interesting thing about this game, of course, as I think we were talking about this before we started recording or had we already. So the Hokies are not a good offense, but this is a bowl matchup where their style actually is going to help. Most bowl games, as you know, are played in sterile indoor stadiums where there's, <laughs> if you're lucky, 
the building is half full. But the Pinstripe Bowl, of course, is played at Yankee Stadium. And what have we learned about Yankee Stadium in past years with the Pinstripe Bowl and its tie into the Big Ten? Well, we have learned Yankee Stadium does not have heating coils under the field because it's a baseball stadium. Nothing's going on there this time of year, certainly not athletic competitions. Unless they completely renovated Yankee Stadium and it didn't come to my attention, the field is once again going to be an ice rink where the team that runs the ball better is going to have an advantage. That's going to be Virginia Tech because unless they completely reconstitute their offense under their interim, they've got a dual threat quarterback who kind of sucks throwing the ball. They still have Raheem or Raheem Blackshear, who's a pretty good running back and receiving threat. Um, and then if you talk about going the other way, well, let's say Maryland decides they want to try to throw the ball. Virginia Tech has six guys who got at least two sacks on their defense. I think this is probably the least favorable matchup on the entire slate. I think Maryland is going to get rolled, but we'll see. I mean, Loxley's got enough talent that he's not decisively overmatched against Virginia Tech, but I still think this is going to be Virginia Tech by a couple scores. Well, look, bad news for climate scientists and really all of us. Uh, we are having a record-setting, unseasonably warm December so far, but that's good news for Maryland because they might be able to get their footing better uh, on defense and in the passing game. Um, they might be able to have more grip on the ball if it is in the 50s when this game is played. Possibility. Um, let me see. So this game is still more than three weeks away. Um, and the thing about the ground in Yankee Stadium is I don't believe it's especially deep. I believe there's a foundational level under it. So the field, I would presume, freezes pretty quickly. But I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, so there you have it, nine bowl games for the Big Ten. Um, the Quick Lane Bowl will go unfilled by a Big Ten team because of the playoff participation, three New Year's Six games. That's a good thing. Like, honestly, if we don't have a, game, a team in the Quick Lane, means the conference as a whole had a pretty good season. What do you, I mean, eyeballing this, what do you think the bowl record looks like? Well, I do want to say, like, I really wanted Detroit until I realized now Western Michigan is there, and I don't want to play them at Ford Field again. <laughs> um, why bad memories <laughs> maybe maybe it's possible um i don't know i mean i think that maryland is really going to struggle and i think that minnesota could also be had um i don't really know that much about any of the other the other matchups i mean i think michigan has a decent shot i think um i think pittsburgh might be a more complete team than michigan state at this juncture um depends again on who's playing but their 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 defense is not as bad as the scores have made it look um for pittsburgh they have given up some explosive plays though so i don't know that that's these are all these are all some fairly interesting bowl matchups i i do think there's a, a pretty decent chance that ohio state gets uh it face plants into the rose bowl yeah, we'll see. I think overall, I think I'm going to take Michigan to win their game, Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin. Yeah, that'll be it. I think I'm going to, I'm projecting a four and five record. I don't necessarily feel great about it. There's so much in the air. You could have more assistant coaches leave. You could have more head coaches leave. Uh, you could have players opt out. You could have players get hurt in practice. You have players come back from practice. I, I'm, I feel like I'm worse at predicting bowls than I am at predicting. Like I could go back 
to like week seven before it happened and jump into a totally different conference. And I think I would still do a better job of projecting that than I would have a bowl game. Cause it's like so much stuff resets with a whole month off, you know? Um, but anyway, something like four and five is what I'm looking at. So there's a few other things that catch my eye. One is that a brilliant matchup of great offenses and defenses in SMU versus Virginia. And it's at Fenway park. Oh my God. Why would they do this to us? SMU and Virginia are some of the best offenses in the country. You got Brennan Armstrong versus Tanner Mordecai. It's in Fenway Park at 11 a.m. Eastern. No, a.m. local time. In the Moosehaw Bowl in Birmingham or something. You know, in, a, in a dome stadium in Birmingham. They matched up North Carolina and South Carolina in a bowl game. That's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and of course, the most fun thing is simply that Western Kentucky is playing in a bowl, so you get to watch them again. Yeah, uh, appointment viewing, for sure. Absolutely. Um, what, oh, my God. Yeah, at Appalachian versus Appalachian State. So that's going to be pretty fun. That's wild. <laughs> is that the Camellia, or what is that? As uh, Boca Raton. Hell, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Wyoming, having defeated uh, MAC teams from each division, will now go for uh, – and defeated Northern Illinois, if I'm not mistaken – they will now go for the other division winner in Kent State. And uh, the other one that I think is really funny as a matchup is UCF versus Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're tuning into that one, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definite, definite sense of humor here. Um, other than that, man, I, God, I can't believe that they put SMU Virginia at a baseball stadium in Boston. But... Uh, that's how I'm generally feeling about bowl season. Well, you know, I'm just, this isn't the SEC, so I hope all your teams lose. That's a perfect spot to stop, I think. Yep. Can't disagree. I'm probably going to have to split that into definitely. No question. Yeah, we do have a way of going long, don't we? Um, well, that's that also seemed like content for two. Yeah, the bowl preview part can probably be separate. And we can... Maybe drop that. Well, I mean, it's funny because by the time if we wait, like the panics thing will have happened like a week ago. When we drop it, but yeah. whatever. I'll cool. drop it later in the week. Yeah. All right. Okay, man. Take it easy. Yep. You too. Your source for big and it's off tackle and